lot of things to talk about in the show. Let's talk about the big return. Our truth back, right? Our truth is back, baby. Yeah, eating chips, just going to town. Our truth is the man. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I never saw it coming. Look, hear me out. I try to remain positive in this podcast. I really don't want to tear somebody down. I, you, if anything, prefer to build people up. But the facts are the facts, and I have to say this. The person who looked the worst in this whole situation is Ryback. For lack of a better term, looked flat out stupid. You don't take to X and say, if CM Punk comes back tomorrow, I'm retiring from pro wrestling. And then CM Punk does show up at Survivor Series and where you were so confident in posting that that tweet or that post, whatever they call it on, on X Twitter these days, that you were so confident that he wasn't going to come back, and he did. So then you have to comment on your own post where everyone can read it the exact way you worded it and said, oh, I was referring to he's not coming back to AEW Collision tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to just say it in a sport where you've lost far more fans over the years than you've gained lately. That is about the stupidest thing you could say. And it just makes you, it hurts your credibility all the more. Just makes you look dumb. It's time. Are you ready? Let's go. And welcome to another episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And before we get any further, Brian, does it is it painful for you to hear a condensed version of the epic song that you wrote and performed? It is. And I'm probably mad at you for it, but we can just go ahead and do the episode anyways. All right, because the last time I had you on was the only time on this podcast I played the whole song because I thought it was fitting if I had the the artist behind the music on that we had to listen to that whole masterpiece that you that you created. But yeah, and next week, folks, you can expect John to put out a three-hour episode that's just his theme song on loop <laughs> for three hours. Oh, that sounds like something that would be done in the I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast podcast. I mean, but it sounds like a really good podcast. It, it yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I like my theme song. I could probably listen to it for three hours day, straight and not go insane. But nevertheless, welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. Welcoming welcoming back after really not too long of a hiatus. I think you have one of the smaller gaps for repeat guests between guest appearances. Brian Knapp. How are we doing today, Brian? Good. You know, some people are calling my return to this show the most anticipated return of the year in professional wrestling. Although, were you wrestling's hottest free agent coming up to today? I was wrestling, wrestle podcasting's hottest free agent, maybe. Right. I mean, you have not signed an official contract to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast yet. Nope. 
but you are here now for not your second appearance, but you're probably like five thousand sixty first appearance because uh, I think on every not sixty first, but right up there, probably like fifty eight, fifty nine, almost every episode I have played at least that shorthand version of the Johnny Cadillac theme song in which they hear your voice each and every week. I mean, if we can have enough episodes where you're not on the show and someone else has to take over, I might actually beat your record on oh, the man. show. I don't really see an, uh, uh, it happening in the future where Johnny Cadillac's not on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, but you never know. There was one episode after I just announced to all my followers that I was taking a little bit of a, of a sabbatical that like the next day the listeners heard the sieves start talking where his his guest, when he was filling in as host of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast, and his guest was Johnny Cadillac, so they still didn't get an episode away from me, but... John, that's like the worst losers leave town gimmick <laughs> ever, where you're like, you'll never wrestle in this town again, and then the next week you're like... Oh, hey, I'm back again with no explanation because the writers didn't think to write one. <laughs> I like well, that. Well, I mean, I, I explained all about it then, and I I know the sieve is still a sensitive subject for you. It has He has been for the last year, but um, I, I wanted to give him credit because I, I was in a bad place at that time, and I just thought for my mental health, I needed to take a break, even though I love this podcast. And he he talked me, like, right after I posted that on Facebook, he's like, hey, you want to do an episode of your podcast where uh, I come on and, and we talk about, like, the greatest tag teams and I give you this? I'm like, yeah, once we uh, come back from the sabbatical, let's do it. And then he's like, well, hey, you remember how you pride yourself on being the most consistent podcast that KLIN's produced uh, for uh, for Podcast House and now how you're about to give that up? And then I ended up taking a sabbatical later on that was not my choosing, but it was due to um, a upgrade of equipment and just adjusting to our new equipment and everything. But here we are. And so right before that sabbatical, you were on one of the final episodes of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk, and here we are on like the third or fourth episode since coming back, and here you are back. Now, what do I want to talk about? Anything in particular or just this is a good hang? <laughs> I mean, so how's life? Did you wake up this morning? You're here, so I'm assuming you woke up this I did. morning. I did. I was working on... Uh, I spent most of the day working on a new theme song for a wrestler. Oh. But I'm not allowed to say who it's for, but it's going to be awesome. Maybe maybe when that wrestler... Oh, it'd be fun. I don't think we'll do this, but maybe him hearing that music for the first time i just gave it away that is a male sure maybe could be on caddy chat wrestling talk podcast Ooh, that could be a fun episode be like, like, how do you hey. think of this as your theme song then he better love it because if he hates it then that'd be awkward i mean he doesn't know this but i might be working on two separate theme songs that's true for him to choose from because i ended up with two really good ideas so before we go any further, I want to give another shout out and I want to give you a spotlight to talk about because you're already starting to talk about your own work, but talk about your own work. You are the host of a, a very fun podcast called I Was Told I'm Supposed to Have a Podcast. Here's your spotlight. Tell me about your podcast. All right. I Was Told I'm Supposed to Have a Podcast is a podcast that started because I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast. So it's very meta. 
every episode is totally random and I can't tell you what the next episode is about because we haven't made it yet and it could be literally anything. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all the places. You should go check it out. It's way fun. It it is a very very fun podcast and and it's pretty sporadic when you post new episodes, but it's just if those people who know Brian Knapp know you could be a very sporadic kind of guy, so like it flows with you. And yeah, you you kind of talked about the story, and I think that was even in your pilot episode where you had so many friends that were like, "What's your podcast?" Just assuming you had one. Oh, I don't have one. And then they told you you're supposed to have one. Actually, scratch that. I do have a new episode planned uh, that's going to be coming out in early January. Oh. So Ooh. it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. I think uh, it's gonna probably be about like conspiracy theories and some real <laughs> far out stuff. So uh, if you're into that, stay tuned. This is a good variety po- variety podcast. So I'll give you that, and I I do enjoy when you do post new episodes. But the reason I wanted to bring that up specifically is not your most recent episode. We had, of course, our our epic gold rush podcast that we did on that, and we talked about the last time you were here on Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast. But I wanted to bring you on specifically because right before we did that Gold Rush epic masterpiece work that you, I'm going to give you more of the credit because you, I, I helped you play the matches, I did the commentary, and then I got to sit back and relax and watch all the updates that you put in for it. But you put a lot of work into that. It's and true. It's but, an epic product. But see, I needed you, John, because I need someone to send the YouTube shorts to that will like react and laugh. Oh, and that that's been fun that's, too. That's pretty much your your job. In this. <laughs> if you want to see a man go wild with a shovel, that's right. Check out your YouTube channel. Um or or Stone Cold Steve Austin being so determined to put the Undertaker through a ladder. <laughs> definition of insanity, John. Yes. <laughs> One of your best announcing some of your best announcing work ever oh, is thank in you. those little clips. So yeah, but yeah. Last time we, last time you were on my podcast, aside from those, yeah, as, aside from that, we were talking about CM Punk. Yeah, and so a way too deep dive into the time that he got booted out of AEW. I believe we were on there for an hour and a half. We talked all about you know his what his the original trouble he was in with his backstage altercation with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. We talked about current times and his. Uh, his altercations with one Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Tony Khan that led to the firing of CM Punk, not necessarily knowing what was going to happen next. And unless wrestling fans listening to this podcast, unless you've been living under a rock, we all now know what has happened next. So I thought it was only appropriate to bring you back on the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast where we spend however long this episode is talking about the return of CM Punk. And I think that's good. By the way, I something just came to me. It's really too bad that CM Punk got fired from AEW. I mean, great that he's returning to WWE, but I just realized that he could have done a feud with Christian Cage where Christian Cage could have talked about how like CM Punk didn't have a very good father or something like that and needed it like Oh gee. That could have been the most like nuclear feud if they had done that it would have been just mind-boggling and and kudos to christian cage you know uh brian uh, brian you're brian that brian blade has been on this podcast a number of times and he he likes aew but one of the biggest criticisms he always 
gives AEW product is it's hard to keep track of who the heels or who the faces are. And they just go back and forth so often or just randomly, like the most random heel turns or face turns. With that said, I think Christian Cage is one of the best heels in AEW right now and really in all of pro wrestling. Like The work he's doing, it's, it's been some good heel work. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, if you ever just want to, like, have 20, 30 minutes of just laughing your face off, go on YouTube and find some of the super cuts of just Christian Cage and his heel work talking about people needing a dad and all of that. And it's just, like, it's so cruel and mean and you just know he's the bad guy. Like, But anyways, let's get back to CM Punk because I could talk about, you know, wrestling all day long so, if you let me. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a good thing you're on a wrestling talk podcast here with Caddy Chat. I mean, it would be good if I was on a wrestling podcast, John. Oh, there you go. But anyway, so we we talked about all about CM Punk's firings. I told you that I hoped he still had a future in pro wrestling, and I think we just kind of left it at that. And, like, you know, do you remember when we recorded that? Because it was brand new. Yeah, he it was, like, just, week of. just been fired from AEW. I can't even remember if they'd had – I don't think when we recorded that, they might have had the all-out pay-per-view by then. I can't remember if not. Because like, all-in and all-out was only a week apart. So if, Yeah. It was, but it was still – which is weird. Who has a pay per view like a week apart? Although no, okay, it was definitely after All Out because we uh, <laughs> we talked because CM Punk was fired like the day before All Out. Oh, and, oh yeah, because I was going to be at like Chicago. Yep, yep. And you go, oh yeah, okay, this is coming back to me. You go, you fired the guy right before your big pay per view in Chicago, in his hometown, in his hometown, just so that Tony Khan could get booed out of the building. <laughs> so I guess did you? Did you have any expectations at that point or any thoughts of what the future could look like for yes. CM Punk? Did you, yes, did you I, think we'd see we him back in WWE? We talked about this, John. We talked about this. Well, I mean, especially for, we, number one, similar to the last episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast when I had Mongo and Emily from Cruising with Kayfabe, feel free, if you haven't listened to the episode of I Was Told I'm Supposed to Have a Podcast, the episode title itself is I Was Told CM Punk is Fired. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, go find it. Enjoy that hour and a half of nonsense. Well, no, it was, it was good storytelling. It was good. And uh, and then, I mean, feel free. And then come back here because we're talking all about the now WWE return yeah. of CM Punk. But one of the things that I believe we talked about, I had, I had the idea that like, it seems like it would make sense for Punk to come back to WWE at a certain point. I didn't. I don't think I necessarily said he's going to come back for Survivor Series or this, that, or the other. But um, I recall saying something to the effect of like, I thought it'd be amazing. Like we started fantasy booking like the return of CM Punk. Like how do you do it right? And at least part of it, as I recall, was my thought is. You bring in CM Punk, and he starts basically feuding with Cody Rhodes. Um, you did and, talk about that, yeah. Yeah, and the idea being that, like, he just got fired from Cody Rhodes' stupid company. Cody Rhodes basically, you know, left his own company that he started because those doofuses that he started it with basically made it impossible. Um, and so, like, both of them have left the company 
and that, you know, obviously Cody Rhodes wants to finish his story and then CM Punk, you know, should show up and be like, you don't get Roman Reigns because I get Roman Reigns because I'm the best in the world. And I just got fired from your stupid company, which is pretty much your fault. But that company was so dumb, you had to leave too. So here we are here fighting about this so that we can, you know, like something like that. Right. Um, so that was my expectation of really just like it, if Punk was going to come back, some level of feud between those two kind of writes itself without having to reference AEW too much. Well, and that's that's the thing too is because WWE I don't know, I'm shots fired. I love both AEW and WWE. I love wrestling. And to me and I've harped about it on this podcast, my friends Mongo and Emily have harped about it a number of times on Cruising with Kayfabe. It's okay to just like wrestling. You don't have to be a fan of one company and automatically think you have to bash on the other company. And vice versa. Some sometimes the worst thing about pro wrestling is the fan base. It really is. The internet yeah. wrestling well, community is a toxic place. I think what fans want is good wrestling. Yeah, they don't want bad wrestling. They don't want dumb wrestling. They don't want stuff like the thing that I think no one wants is you know like a four hour wrestling show with one hour worth of content and three hours of filler, right? And or, you know, 18 shows when they really only have enough wrestlers and storylines to do one or maybe two. Right. Which has taken WWE a super long time to get to the point where they have enough talent, enough writing, enough stuff that they can actually fill out their shows with interesting wrestling storylines, all of that. And, you know, that's where I think that, like, fans get into the, you know, arguments about Pepsi versus Coke or whatever in wrestling. And it's kind of a dumb one because it's like, just enjoy wrestling, you know, but be thankful that we have it. Fitting you say that while I'm drinking a Pepsi and you're drinking a Coke over there. That's right. (laughs) Because I'm right and you're John. (laughs) Oh, is that how it works? That is how it works. anyway, what I was wanting to get to anyway was, to me... I don't know. Again, I'm not, I love AEW. I love the product. I, I don't keep up with it as much as I keep up with WWE because it's, it's hard to balance everything in my life in general. But um, anyway, I'd still, I have nothing against AEW. If it wasn't for AEW, I wouldn't be continuing to go on a Chris Jericho cruise. Well, well without maybe AEW, Jericho would have Punk, a cruise, but Punk wouldn't be back in WWE. That's, that is very, very true. But what I'm, what I wanted to get at, is it seems like AEW, especially because they're the younger company, they they find it's easier, or at least to use their storylines, because you have all these established stars who come into AEW, and they want to have a new career path there. You know, look at Adam Copeland's one of the latest ones. Well, they... Who's Adam Copeland? They, <laughs> imagine that. But when we were talking about Christian Cage, you know, there's a, that there's that guy named Edge that Christian teamed with for a long time. Oh, and oh. anyway, but like, it, it's the thing is, what's he you, doing in the Impact Zone? You <laughs> you bring him into the new company, and the fans recognize him, but you have to bring up, well, how do these fans know who these people are. So it's harder for AEW, especially with how young they are, and how established a lot of the stars are who come into their product. It's hard for them to run like stories or bring the returns in without knowing where they came from before. Where WWE's been around forever, and I'm not going to say in this light, but it, it seems like WWE 
So CM Punk was just on this last Friday's episode of SmackDown, in which you can kind of tell he subtly did a little bit of a jab at AEW. And I don't think it was the most subtle thing, but it was just but, it was subtle enough that the WWE fans, if they didn't know AEW was a thing, wouldn't have thought too hard about it. Well, they're like, oh, yeah, Kevin Owens punched Grayson Waller and Austin Theory backstage a couple weeks ago. That's what he's referencing. They would have just left it at that, which clearly CM Punk was referencing more. But what my point is, is WWE doesn't have to feel like in order to have a good promo in the ring or do anything good that they have to reference the competition where AEW a lot of times, even if it's to put themselves over the competition, which is oftentimes what they do, WWE still very much so exists to them. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's a little bit, a little bit reminiscent of WCW, WWF in like 94, five, when they started bringing in like Hulk Hogan yeah. and macho man and stuff. But the the thing is, is like Hogan and Macho Man were so big that you don't really have to explain them as like cultural, you know, cultural things. Sure. Right. Um, kind of like The Rock could show up to the show now and he's so big that you just have to say The Rock is here. Right. You know, because they're so big. But yeah, AEW, it is weird when they have to do the like. Adam Copeland, professional wrestler Adam Copeland is sitting on the edge, but he's not the edge, you know, like, <laughs> right. So, I mean, I get that, but I think, I don't think that hurts him too much. No, um, it, it's, it, and again, cause I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm bashing on AEW cause I do enjoy AEW and it's just, again, they're the younger company and you know, I, I mean, it's, it's just what it is. And not necessarily one way or the other is wrong or right. It's just that's one of the differences between AEW and WWE. That's, yeah. that's all I really wanted to get at with that. Now, Triple H talked about it in the Survivor Series press conference that like the return of CM Punk all came down to coincidental timing and where WWE was very fortunate. And that is like everything happened so fast. Like, you know, I guess there's speculation after that whole incident with CM Punk with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks backstage, you know, over a year ago. There there was an idea of maybe some free agency status there. Is CM Punk still going to stay with AEW or is he done? And then, and of course, he did come back to AEW. But you would have thought if it was the latter, well, what's next for CM Punk? And I think it's it's very much so. It's a very, as you allude to already, it's a certain course of events that took place for CM Punk that if it wouldn't have happened the way it did, we would not be see, seeing CM Punk in WWE right now. Well, period. I mean, because if if AEW didn't exist, I don't think that Punk would have necessarily come back to wrestling at all. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, and it's weird how time works, right? Because even now, um, it's hard to tell if Punk and... Um, Triple H are besties by any means. Um, but you can't imagine that like Triple H running stuff and you know, WWE like corporate has gone through all these wacky changes, right? Where yeah. they merged with the UFC. They're, you know, a different public company now. Vince McMahon's very little to do with WWE anymore. And yeah. Like, and so that's like, a huge factor of it too. Well, and like 10 years ago when everything went down, punk was in a bad spot. You know, he didn't like Triple H at the time. 
you know, NXT was a completely different animal back then. Yeah. Um, the network was literally, the network was literally just started. It hadn't even started yet. They're yeah. getting ready to bring it. You know, and that was one of the contentious things is Punk was like, how are we going to get paid if you're getting rid of the pay-per-view part of pay-per-views? Right. <laughs> right. You know, and so like a lot of stuff at the time was up in the air, but then you go like fast forward 10 years of Triple H building up NXT, building up all this completely different talent. He lo- he, I mean, the man nearly died like last year, right? Or was a couple it, years a ago. A couple years yeah. ago. And so like he's had a completely different set of life experiences between then. But even then, there's nothing saying that WWE would have been like knocking on Punk's door, you know, because he yeah. didn't seem that excited to do anything really for a while. Um, so it's wild that AEW got him back in the ring. And then even like, after the Young Bucks Kenny Omega fight thing, CM Punk helped them get another like TV show launched. Yeah, right. Um, so that, that they built pretty much just entirely around him. Collision. And you know, and it's really bonkers that you know that all fell apart the way it did. Well, um, I think I didn't even realize this, but I was listening to Eric Bischoff's eighty-three weeks podcast, in which he he did a special on CM Punk's firing. He does not. And- he's. He's the one that really hates CM Punk, right? Where he's like, the guy's toxic and he shouldn't be. Wasn't because for a while he's, he. Was, I wouldn't say so. He did tell Tony Khan he made the right move in firing CM Punk. Uh, where you have Jim Cornette, who's completely on CM Punk's side and everything. There's a huge difference between like Jim Cornette and Eric Bischoff. But Eric Bischoff, I don't know. I think he 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 did he did a good job as a journalist in this case as a podcast host where he, he didn't really show a lot of bias, and he showed what both sides did right, what both sides did wrong. You know, and Eric Bischoff knows what he's talking about. He The reason his podcast is called 83 Weeks is because he beat WWE in ratings 83 weeks in a row with Nitro. Like, the man knows what he's talking about when when in wrestling. Doesn't mean he's always right. No, but, you know, he's he's had a lot of success any way you look at it. Once and, we make this podcast the number one wrestling podcast in the world, let's see if you can do it for 84 weeks. Oh, that would be a good you goal. Could, you could change the name of the your podcast to 84 weeks. <laughs> Take that, Eric Bischoff. Take that, Bischoff. <laughs> but no, and uh but what he he alluded, or what Conrad Thompson brought up in that podcast was the idea, I guess, and I didn't even realize this until he said it, was CM Punk was a central focus in Collision. So CM Punk's out of the picture. He gets fired from AEW. Again, if you want to listen to all about that story, go back and listen to I Was Told I'm Supposed to Have a Podcast. A very fun conversation, a very long conversation, but we talked ad nauseum about it. It's like the Lost Johnny Cadillac podcast episode, almost. (laughs) Almost. But anyway, and what Conrad brought up is what he had heard was CM Punk was gone, so now the poster child of of Collision was going to be Brian Danielson. And where Brian Danielson was stepping up, and you you talked about he's on the enforcement committee or whatever it is in AEW. Um, You you brought that up to me before we went on the air here. But And it just so happened that with his, his his life and his family life and his schedule, it's easier for him to work on Saturdays and Wednesdays anyway, so it's a lot easier for him to be a lot more committed to Collision, and and he's a big enough star 
who came from the other company anyway. It, ma- it makes sense any way you look at it. So there's still, I don't know. I don't know if I still see Collision going on five, ten years from now. That's still to be determined. But uh, either way, they made Collision because of CM Punk. Yeah, and now they're stuck with it, at least for a while. And, um, which I mean, is, and, and Danielson's going to be retiring soon, but yeah. go ahead. Well, Sorry. I mean, and that's a good opportunity for a lot of the different guys. I mean, as far as like, there's a few guys they could definitely build that around. Yeah. Um, They've and, been building up Ricky Starks, for example. Right. So, so Punk is back. He's had a couple exciting, um, exciting and interesting moments so far. Uh, what I saw of, I mean, watching his actual, like the way they brought him back was very cool where it was like the show is over. They head faked everyone with the copyright symbol and you're like, all right, you know, punk didn't show up to survivor series. That's fine. Cause you got Randy Orton's return and maybe the more, even the more exciting return that was the return of our truth. Um, which is hilarious and awesome. Uh, love our truth. He's great. But they head faked everyone, and then they bring Punk back in Chicago, and everyone loses their mind. Just everyone loses their collective mind. And that's fun because, to me, the best thing in wrestling is always when it feels like something happens that sort of wasn't supposed to happen. right? And WWE executed that perfectly where it was like, Punk came back and you go, I'm sorry, what? Punk came back and after the show. So he's kind of like breaking the ending of the show. Um, that's really, really freaking cool. Yeah. And I have so many thoughts on that and we'll uh, have more conversations here where you agree or disagree with me. And we will get right there. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for a dollar 49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. you've worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, so CM Punk was fired from AEW. Again, we don't need to talk as much about that we've talked about it enough and we've talked about it already quite a bit on this episode of this podcast the horse is dead we have beaten <laughs> it to death and the horse itself is also fired because the story does continue from there there is not to steal cody Rhodes' own thing away from him but uh let's let's continue the story from there by the way if everybody's trying to continue their story or end their story than nobody is. <laughs> I mean, it's a good way of looking at it. But, all right, so CM Punk's done with AEW. He he went there, and it seemed like what he he, he got what he needed. I, to me, it kind of started, because as you allude to, if he didn't go to AEW, 
we we probably wouldn't be seeing him back right now. Um, no, it almost did, certainly not. I I think it helped when he was signed on to WWE's backstage show on Fox. Oh um, yeah, that was good fun too. But it was like it seemed like the Vince McMahon's and those kind of people WWE weren't really too thrilled with him. So they had him back, but only at times. And that wasn't a WWE centered show. Like it was all about WWE, but it wasn't. It was weird. And like they were and they were all Fox it, employees, which yeah. CM Punk alluded to a number of times on the show. And if you look at it now, the only person who is constantly on backstage who still works for WWE is Booker T. But Renee Young, or now Renee Paquette, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, all just happen to be working for AEW now. Oh, and Soraya Page, right. also in AEW. And so I, I think that helped. So he's on a show where it's, it's part of his job. Again, he's a Fox employee, and CM Punk wanted to make that known. But they're, they're watching WWE footage. He's watching. He has to watch a product so he can talk about it. And... um so he's starting to get plugged in. All of a sudden, there's more to CM Punk than losing two fights in the UFC. Yeah, and uh, um, and so it's like I Which, think. By the way, props to him for even trying the UFC thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, because you know that's a good way to get punched in the head and <laughs> get your body torn up. So the fact that he even had the guts to do it is probably more than ninety percent of the guys in pro wrestling would ever do. Yeah, and so and. I mean, the thing is, I didn't want to bash on CM Punk when he went to UFC because he has a love for the sport. He wanted to give it a try, and he did. I mean, yeah, he went 0-2, but he, he... And more importantly than that, John, he gave back to the fans. And when I say he gave back to the fans, I meant that he gave you and I an excuse to go to B-dubs <laughs> and true. eat wings and watch UFC. That's true. And for that, I am forever grateful. <laughs> But and th- those were some good times, good times indeed. Good wings and uh, absolutely good wings. And then shout out to your brother Jeff Knapp. We did a UFC event at his place. I think that might have been with Ronda Rousey, but I think it would have been probably Ronda Rousey. I think that was that was when Buffalo Wild Wings was like two packed or something. We couldn't get in. Yeah. So then your brother's like, "I'll order the pay per view," and so we went there instead. It's awesome. It was good times. But anyway, I did remember seeing somebody on one of those uh, like Facebook groups who said that they just feel like ultimately by seeing seeing CM Punk's performance in the UFC that he still has a heart for professional wrestling, whether he wanted to admit it or not. And that guy was probably right. And uh, and I'm sure CM Punk, like he alluded to when he came back on Raw, he didn't want to think about it, but he knew at, at the, the whole time where his heart really was. And I will say, obviously we know the end result and we'll get there here in a moment, but I really will say... When he told that crowd, and I believe they were in Tennessee. I can't remember if it was Nashville or Memphis. I think it was Nashville. Nashville. It was Nashville. You're right. When he told them, I'm home, I think that was, it was uh, yeah, it's a good line to say in WWE, but I think it was sincere and the truth. And uh, how we got there is a, is a crazy story, but we're there. Um, now, going back to building to that story. And so then he, he okay. Wrestling might be something he's still interested in. WWE is still bad. He's still bitter about WWE and how things went out. And so this new company, All Elite Wrestling, is coming up. And, uh, oh, they have a lot of young talent, a lot of promising talent. You have this guy who is could be considered like the greatest in wrestling at a promo named Maxwell Jacob Freeman, MJF. What if 
what if I come to AEW and do a program with him? Those can be some epic promos. And they were, <laughs> let me tell you. But again, WWE was brought up quite a bit, but it was still, I, I still have one episode from, it was the day before Thanksgiving. It's still on my DVR at home. I haven't watched it in a long time. Just because that opening promo with CM Punk and MJF was so good, I'm like, I have to see this again. And, um, but anyway, and so he, 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 he knows that he has a love for the sport, whether he wanted to admit it or not. And coming back to AEW, and as I mentioned on your podcast, he was transparent. He said, you know, you love me right now, but I'm, I'm still me. You're not going to continue to love me. And then he was very, he was very correct with that because the AEW fans, eventually a lot of them did turn their backs on him. Yeah. And, and it was kind of weird to see, um, just that like, uh, the fans and I was thinking about, um, what we've seen so far out of him, especially the, like, you know, first day back on the job. I'm just happy to be the, here promo. You know, I'm home yeah. thing that to me, that was like, the biggest foreshadowing for him eventually turning heel or at best the sort of like stone cold Steve Austin, uh, flip the bird kind of good guy, you know, stick it to you kind of good guy. Um, that is kind of like punk at his best is never just the nicest guy. Like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm just happy to, you know, at his best, he's kind of a jerk. Right, you know, okay, fair enough. Um, or at least he's very opinionated and rubs people the wrong way. Definitely. And so, like, you know, I mean, because to have a good character, right? You you're not just a thing. Like to have a story or whatever, you have to have some changes. There has to be, you know, good guy, bad guy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, like, it seems like him starting out very like super baby face. Like everybody loves him. He loves everybody. This is just really great eventually stuff's going to get on his nerves and eventually some, you know, he's going to piss off the fans and they're going to turn against him. And so like, it seems like he's very subtly preparing the way for that. Right. Um, Just knowing that like, that's, that's, that's how it goes. Fair enough. But so he comes back to AEW that, that wrestling, that passion for wrestling's back and, or maybe it never left, but he's starting to realize it again. And regardless, he's back. Or maybe the wife kicked him out of the house. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, things are still good with that marriage. But, you know. Anyway, uh, and he does the whole thing in AEW. And then, you know, I think it was about a year or so later. It was when things started going south there. And he Now, he, he was suspended from AEW, but he was also injured. So regardless of how they're working out the suspension, he had to heal from injury, too. And... um during that time, it was it was very much so up in the air. What's the the future of CM Punk look like? And I mentioned this on. I was told I'm supposed to have a podcast. The best thing that I felt he did was, and I think when the, his future is up in the air for AEW, for us fans, it was going on in his mind too. It had to have been. And so, hey, why not let's start mending some bridges? Oh. WWE's coming for Raw in Chicago. I'm on my way back to Chicago right now. Maybe I should show up, go backstage, talk to Triple H, just start to build those bridges. I, to me, it's a very professional thing to do, regardless of what the future holds, 
because they, those bridges were burned down ten years ago. I mean, both both parties was so bitter about everything. CM Punk was fed up with WWE. WWE didn't like how CM Punk handled things. How he just up and walked out. It, they were very they were burned to the ground and crispy, and uh, and so to, to come back to just be professional enough to show up and one talk to people in public access areas. It wasn't in a private locker room with the door shut. He made sure all doors were open so he wasn't hiding anything. And then, you know, of course, that rumors all over the internet are going every which way since then. And, oh, the illusion is that, uh, or the the feel is that WWE wasn't too impressed by what what happened. That I, I don't see how that's any anywhere close to being accurate. But ultimately, he had his AEW contract. He hadn't been fired from the company yet. He hadn't left. Tony Khan brings him back. And that lasts a couple months, and then everything went haywire from there. I think it's worth pointing out or interjecting a little bit. Okay. That throughout the process of this, and definitely with all the controversial stuff that happened, um, wrestling... Uh, the wrestling reporters, like the Meltzers and whatnot, right? Like the dirt sheet people are clearly biased. Oh, you know? oh yeah. And a lot of their reporting has been wrong. Like, you know, or at the very least, they've missed some pretty big stuff like CM Punk's return. And just that, like, it's amazing that they can be so biased and so wrong about some of this stuff. And people still listen to them. Yeah. Like, I'm going to start sounding like Eric Bischoff here in a second if I go <laughs> on too long about this. But but that is a part of this story that I think is, I mean, somewhat underappreciated, given that everyone just kind of, like, reads what these people write and just sort of takes it at face value. Yeah. And, well, and I want to get to that here right now. Because, so, CM Punk's done with AEW. And then, oh, Survivor Series is in Chicago. It's roughly three months after CM Punk's fired from AEW, so if there's a no-compete clause there, that the one thing Tony Khan didn't want to talk about at all in the, like, the uh, press release after All Out, um, hey, it's, it's done around that time. And the thing is, like, it is, I feel like CM Punk is AEW's loss, but at the same time, they can't be burdened by it. But they and they have to be professional too. They can't be. And there's a lot of fans who are like, "Oh, it's, it seems to me, I'm getting ahead of myself." But it seems to me like the most people who are upset about CM Punk showing up in back in WWE. There's a couple of the wrestlers, and which is leading to some epic story writing. But it seems like to me the most people who are upset are a lot of the fans, and it, which is nice because I get so tired of the back and forth fans. I saw so many fans. Who were loving, like making fun of CM Punk when everything happened at All Out, and oh, he shouldn't have ever come back in the first place. They all turned their, all right, all in. Oh, they and they all turned their backs on him, and they didn't want anything to do with him. And then all of a sudden, when the rumors are starting to run rampant that he could be showing up at Survivor Series or back in WWE, they were the same ones who were so excited for the idea of him coming back. Just like Cody Rhodes, all the fans were sick of Cody Rhodes before he left AEW. And then they were so excited to see him in WWE. Just was like it made no sense to me. Well, I've heard wrestlers talk about the territory days on podcasts, right? Where they would talk about, 
a guy would get kind of would like sort of burn out a territory. Okay. And then they'd get sent off to another territory just so that like the fans would stop getting tired of them, right? Yeah. And then they'd come back in two or three months and then the fans love them again. And so some of that's just human nature, right? Where too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so going back to what we were saying, the rumors are running rampant is he's shown up at Survivor Series. And then you have people like Dave Meltzer. And this is what made me laugh the whole time. CM Punk said nothing during all this. Occasionally, he would put on like his Instagram little teasers of showing stuff from when he was in WWE. But just as often as he did that, he would show old pictures and stuff from when he was in AEW. So he's he's trolling the internet more than and the fans more than anything. But when asked about it, he's like, "I'm happy sitting at home. You know, I don't have anything left in life that I need to prove. I I have a good financial situation. I don't need money. Whatever. Like, like I don't know. I'm just enjoying me. I'm enjoying my family. AJ Lee, his dog Larry, and uh, that's all he'd really say about it. And but what what made me laugh? So CM Punk's quiet. I mean, he, he's loud, but he's quiet at the same yeah, time. as quiet as CM Punk knows how to be. <laughs> Pretty much. And at the same time, all these reports are starting to come in that CM Punk met with WWE officials. They met with Triple H and Nick Khan, and that WWE's just not interested in bringing him back. And I'm like, oh, wait, hold on. That doesn't make sense. Cause- and I'm like, so you're saying CM Punk, who chose to walk out 10 years ago, that he's interested that CM Punk wants to go to WWE, but you're saying WWE's not interested. Like something doesn't sound right. It sounds a little fishy to me. Well, that wouldn't even make sense because it it'd be like me saying, Imagine I have a big podcast network and I'm like, John, you're gonna come meet with my podcast incorporated company about joining our network. And then people will be like, Yeah. They're not interested in John. You go like, well, then why did they reach out to him to meet? You know, yeah. If, if you meet, you're by default interested. Like both parties would have some interest. Otherwise, you don't meet. You, you just never talk to them. Like, yeah. Not yeah. talking. Talking means interest. And so here's the thing. It, reports went rampant after CM Punk signed, and it's true. CM Punk, and I can't remember if Triple H made mention of it or not, but there was not a deal worked out until the like earlier in the day, the day of Survivor Series. And that's when, you know, Penn went to paper, CM Punk signed his contract. So up until that point, it, it was still negotiations. And so in the meantime, again, Survivor Series in Chicago, there you know, the the kind of hints that would drop on Raw, whether it was from other wrestlers or on commentary, that was just it, they they did that to uh, you know make the fans think there was hope, but there wasn't any certainty behind anything. Nothing. What pin wasn't set to paper. Nothing was for certain, and which made the surprise work even better. Oh yeah, because if they had signed something a week before, it almost certainly would have leaked. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because it, it's really hard to keep that stuff from leaking. So like the timing helped make it perfect, as far as just. It's, that not it's being... never going to be, it'll be a moment, but never as big of a moment if everyone knows for sure ahead of time that's going to happen. There needs to be a surprise factor. Yeah. And I think there are so many people who thought maybe CM Punk could show up at Survivor Series, 
but nothing was certain. And even with you know Triple H, he didn't sign till earlier that day. They didn't even tell the roster. Like CM Punk showed up, and so that was another interesting thing that we'll get to here in a moment. Also, it's almost like CM Punk was doing him a favor by not signing until that day. In the in the sense of like Punk. Punk is like a a real pro wrestling guy and has all those instincts of like, let's make it a surprise. Let's make it a crazy thing. And so like he probably helped them whether it was planned or not, but like instinctively going like, I'm not going to let anyone know what's going to happen at all. And then when I walk out of there, they're just going to lose their mind. Yeah. So, and again, it's CM Punk. He's, (laughs) yeah, he's done wonders. For Chicago, that that episode of Rampage, they sold out that arena in Chicago just on a rumor of CM Punk going to AEW. Now, all of a sudden, they have to open up more seating to Survivor Series for the same reason, and it was just a rumor. But nothing was set and set in motion. And I will say this. All of a sudden, Randy Orton is ready to come back. He's been ready for probably a while, but when's the right time to bring him in? Randy Orton's a big name, too. Our truth is the biggest coming, name of them all is coming back, and that was, I will say, our truth was the big surprise as Triple H, you know, had fun with at, at that press conference. But at the same time, I certainly didn't see our truth coming back that night. No, and and, and it's such a fun, good surprise too. Because again, like it wasn't like we're gonna have him come back and like fight. It was we're gonna have him come back and do just a super random skit. Which, chips. That's that's what he's known for, and like, and then the next night on Raw or that Monday on Raw, he tried asking Judgment Day or volunteering to Judgment Day to be their fifth member in War Games. Oh, that was hilarious! And, he's like, oh, oh, that's already happened. Well, how, how, how how'd how'd I do? <laughs> how did you do? How'd I do? Yes, it's already happened, and we lost. Thank you for reminding us. Oh, my oh. bad. <laughs> but he's so good. Anyway, so I thought the writing. I, I, it, to me, it couldn't have been more perfect, and I know people will disagree, because the thing is, Orton's getting ready to come back, and and the writing team, everyone was aware that as big of a name as Orton was, it seemed like, especially being in Chicago, the number one thing that the WWE fans, especially the Chicago fans, wanted was this free agent CM Punk to sign. Orton's been gone for eighteen months. CM Punk's been gone for ten years from WWE, and. And so the fact that on Monday, on Raw, it's announced Randy Orton is the fifth member of Team Raw. And it's like, okay. And, you know, even the fans at that Raw, when they're getting ready to announce it, they were chanting CM Punk. And, well, I, I guess I'm, I, I think they were a little bit, but then Cody well, Rhodes made When it. in the last 10 years have the WWE fans not been chanting CM Punk? And, correct. And CM Punk, I'm glad he brought that up when he did come back, too. And he said, you know, even when he was burnt out, even when he wanted nothing to do with WWE anymore, when he wanted to, when Phil Brooks wanted to forget CM Punk, the fans would not forget CM Punk. The fans would not stop bringing him up. It's kind of like being Bruce Wayne and you're tired of being Batman (laughs) and they just keep putting up the bat signal every night. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the fans in Raw, Cody Rhodes makes it very apparent from the get go somebody I have a legacy with. It's very obvious. Okay, they're cha- they're they're saying Randy Orton. The fans missed him. I didn't realize how much I missed him until he's been back. And I was telling you off air, I'm a bigger fan of Orton now than I've ever been before. Just with some of the little things he's done. Daddy's back. And uh, but yeah, so 
so Randy Orton is the fifth member of Team Cody Rhodes in War Games. And so then all of a sudden, if you watch all of Survivor Series, they're, they're talking backstage and they're like, have you seen Orton yet? No. All of a sudden, wait, so Orton hasn't arrived to the arena yet. Is he going to be here in time for War Games? So even though you announced it five days prior, then all of a sudden there's questioning, is Orton coming back? Is CM Punk going to take his place? Did they forget to call Orton <laughs> and, and tell him, hey, man, this is one of those shows going to be. <laughs> and so, yeah, and it's like, and I remember I was texting your best friend of me, Mike Campbell, and I and we're like, so wait, what's going on? Are they teasing the idea of CM Punk coming from here? And Mike told me he thought any way you looked at it, this was going to hurt Randy Orton. And I understood where he said that, and I ultimately think they still – worked it out where it didn't hurt him and maybe a lot of people will disagree with me on that i don't but. okay so i think i think the way that they brought orton back was great because first of all the fans loved it yeah um his character so far has been awesome yep um he looks more jacked than he has been in a while so yep. he looks great um and you know they gave him the biggest spot of the night which is they launched the dude off the JD McDonough. Yeah, they launched JD McDonough into like a super RKO. Yeah, which so, is epic. Yep. Right. So that that little clip is going to be played millions of times by people on the internet for the next decade because it sure. was amazing. And they didn't, you know, Punk's thing didn't happen until the match was over. Well, and I'm I'm getting to that. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. as far as like. Punk's return, I don't think, interfered with Orton's return. I don't either. And also, I would say from a just generic attention marketing hype fandom thing, anything you can do to get eyeballs on the product is better for everyone associated with the product. So like CM Punk being back means I'm watching more wrestling. You know, Randy Orton being back means I'm watching more wrestling because sure. I want to see what those guys are going to do. Yeah. And so that means that like any like it's not like to me, it's not an overshadowing or hurting the other guy by, you know, whatever. I agree. It just, you know, rising tide lifts all boats. So, yep. Also, Mike is wrong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. And there's your your jab at the enemy part of your best friend of me. But. Anyway, so so the question all night is, is Orton showing up? Is he going to have a replacement? And then they go into war games, and they're backstage. And like, have you seen him yet? Nope. Well, let's go on without him. And so then, you know, the, you know, you have their their starter, I think. I can't remember now. But um, then they only had three guys in the shark cage as opposed to four. And they had the man advantage. No, they didn't. And so uh, the judgment day did, so that means... That both cages are completely empty when Dominic Mysterio closes out Judgment Day. Now, I thought it was really corny that all of a sudden Damian Priest was trying to cash in money in the bank during War Games. That feels overbooked. Just, just for all of a sudden. It, I, I I felt if I would change one thing of how that was, the whole Priest thing. Haven't they, have tried to, haven't they tried to like cash in more than once? Too. Oh, anybody hits like multiple. Well, no, no, yeah, but like, wasn't there? I I recall there was a funny one with Drew McIntyre where like they were trying to do a cash in. Yeah, and, and McIntyre, McIntyre just stopped like him. stops yep. them, and yep. that was just funny. But um, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, and so in the middle of a War Games match, I'm like, no. And so then Orton's music plays. So the, f the fans are chanting CM Punk. 
Orton's music plays. Orton shows up. The fans are still happy. And then they, they have all these moments in war games, including that super RKO, and everything's great. And then they, the match is over, and they put that graphic up, as you already alluded to. And now here's the thing. I immediately thought of last year's Extreme Rules pay-per-view. The fight pit between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins had ended. Riddle got the victory, and they put that watermark up and make it look like the pay-per-view is over. But all of a sudden, the lights turn out. And the Fireflies come out, and it's the return of Bray Wyatt, which they were kind of alluding to throughout the night with those those cryptic messages and everything. But I thought about that. That watermark, the copyright date, did come up. Right. And I'm thinking about that at this moment. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not holding my breath because I don't want to be upset if I'm wrong, but I'm not convinced this is the end of Survivor Series. That's what's going on in my head. Well, and. You know, there's a throwback in here where many, many years ago, I think your brother and I were watching a pay-per-view and there was some kind of crazy ending or whatever. And we were like, is that it? That can't be it. Like, whatever. We thought there was going to be more. And then, like, the network logo comes up and, like, our truth like, dances across the screen randomly or something. Oh. And then you're like, okay, that was weird. Um, but, you know, our truth back yep <laughs> but just that like the because it's a television show they can throw up the credit i mean kind of like a kind of a bit of the like uh marvel thing where at the end of most marvel movies they'll have one or two teasers for like the next thing sure um but like most pro wrestling shows don't necessarily pull that gimmick except for very rare occasions like you know last year with bray wyatt yeah and that's immediately what I'm thinking about, though. And then the, the camera pans out, and it shows the, the victors celebrating. And sure enough, it shows the, the, the box score screen over the, over the, over the war game structure, sees that, that fist with the lightning bolt symbol, and CM Punk's music, a cult of personality, starts playing. And he shows up as the new remix version of cult of personality. The fans go nuts, and Survivor Series had a very feel-good moment after the feel-good mo- moment ending War Games to end the pay-per-view. CM Punk's back, shows up on Raw the next night. They don't they show his return, but they don't show him there at all until until Raw. So I thought balancing both Orton and Punk's returns and kind of what you already said, I thought it was it was good writing a way to do that. Also, CM Punk's return made it on the front page of ESPN.com. That's huge. You know, which is huge. But just in that, like, cross-promotional, cross you know, big news, in a way that, like, Randy Orton or R-Truth coming back, it's big news in wrestling, but it's not, like, big news in culture the same way. Yeah. And so, let, let's talk, okay, is there anything else you want to say about Survivor Series itself and um, CM Punk's return? Uh, let's see. Or do we move on? Two things that I wanted to say that, uh, I've, I've listened to a lot of other podcasts about Punk's return and some of this stuff. And one thing that was funny was, uh, Jim Cornette talking specifically about, he thought, of course, CM Punk is coming back to, you know, WWE for Survivor Series because, you know, that it's like the most obvious pro wrestling booking on the planet. Right. If you wanted to do that. Okay. Um, but then he's he was pissed because essentially the whole internet expert thing talked him out of it. And so there's an episode oh. 
uh, recently where he's talking about his return and he's like, you know what? I was right about this. And then all you people on the internet talked me out of it. And, you know, now I was right. I shouldn't have, I should never have listened to any of you because, <laughs> you know, and so I thought that was pretty funny just that like it was so well executed. And I think universally all the people who are in pro wrestling that talked about the return and like the pop of it and the crowd's response and just all of that and how rare that is, mm -hmm. um, that it was so genuine. It was such a reaction where you go like, if they had foreshadowed it in any way, it would have been at least 10% less, Yeah, you know, kind of in the same way that like, there was a thing about the way that like, um, when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash came into, uh, Monday Nitro and it was very weird, right? Like it was very weird, but then like the Hulk Hogan heel turn and everyone throwing trash at the, you know, stage and all that, that like, that was such a organic reaction where you go, everyone was so legitimately pissed that at Hulk Hogan for becoming the bad guy. Right. And that like now it's so rare to have a genuine reaction because, you know, we've seen so much and there's so many storylines or whatever that you can kind of guess what's going to happen next. That punk coming back as a surprise that's so perfectly executed got legitimately like surprise, happy. Oh my God, he's back. We're excited. This was not supposed to happen. Everyone's, you know, that to happen in the year 2023 is just very cool. And one of the things that makes pro wrestling so much fun is when it actually can surprise you and it does give you a reason to like celebrate. So absolutely. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah. That's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, so that, that Monday on Raw, CM Punk's back. It's, it's a known thing. And they give him the end spot on Raw, as I mentioned, and uh, they show highlights and reactions of his return, but they don't show CM Punk at all until the that end segment of Raw. And he comes out, and honestly, he, he says he's home. And I felt that this is exactly where CM Punk needs to be, is where he's at right now. And, um, and I feel even he, he feels that this is right. Um, this is where he needs to be. And that the course of a history of events that we've alluded to has led him to this moment where, I mean, again, you want to talk about finishing the story. It's kind of what he's doing here. And 
the thing is, though, there wasn't too much memorable things to that promo itself other than, you know, he started the same way Bret Hart did when Bret Hart came back to WWE after all those years. Well, hell froze over. and I think, though, it made the hell froze over thing, um, I think, is a little more complicated than the Bret Hart one in the sense that, like, um, there was, well, one, I think there's like merch that they're making Yep, they made uh, that they shirt. made a shirt that says like hell froze over, which by the way, WWE is so smart for doing that. Whoever on their merch team got those t-shirts printed out quickly and sold quickly is brilliant, completely worth it. Um, second though, the fact that they had a very, you know, very public, Hell froze over uh, Triple H and CM Punk hanging out with a picture on oh, oh, yeah, on, on, like, Twitter. T- on Twitter on X yeah Used on to be X known as the artist formerly known as Twitter <laughs> um, uh, that to me was such a cool thing and very like 2023 you know but like right. the fact that they did that so they're they're not just saying like. Oh, Punk's back. We're really happy about it. You know, that's great for business that they're literally going like, yeah, y'all didn't expect that to happen, did you? Yeah, <laughs> but it did because we're amazing. Right. Um, that that to me is just fun. Sure. You know, and so, yeah, hell froze over. Punk is back. We can all be excited. So he, he brings up, he kind of, you know, at times in AEW, he's like, oh, I'm married. But then he has the time to name drop his wife on, on TV now, says, AJ Lee's doing well. Thanks for caring about her. And it's like, oh, that's fun. I, I, I don't know. I hope maybe she could be a surprise entry in the oh, Women's Royal if Rumble. If she's not a surprise entry into the Rumble, like, I would be shocked. I'm not even saying that's planned, but just the fact that, like, one, the fans lost their mind for it. Yeah. And two, you know, AJ Lee left the business about a year after him, right? A year. It was, like, it was something. I don't even think it was that long, but it was. It was yeah. But like she left right after Paige came up, but before really the NXT, like the rest of the NXT gals showed up, right? So before yeah. Charlotte and Bailey and all of them, um, and so like she, like the whole women's revolution thing happened, and she just missed the whole boat basically. Pretty and much. so you gotta think that like, you know. She, if she ever had any interest in coming, because she was a phenomenal wrestler at a time where women's wrestling didn't have any other, like she didn't have anyone to wrestle with except maybe Natalia, right? So like that's, I gotta think that at some point she would want to come back, even if it's for a short run, and so why not? And she never really, she never really jumped ship either. Like she did the whole wow thing. And or glow or one of those one of those women promotions, but she didn't really go to like a she didn't go to AEW. She was content, you know, staying at home and whatever. But like, I don't think you know it, it made sense. And it, I thought about this more. Cause she one of her last matches was at WrestleMania 31, so it was over a year after CM Punk left. Um, but she, you know, she didn't really mainstream television. She never went anywhere else after that. I think. She still has a passion for WWE, but you know her and uh, anyone who's married, which I'm not, but anyone who's married would appreciate this that her loyalty needed to be with her family first and foremost. And 
So she didn't really continue with wrestling, at least mainstream wrestling afterwards. But you might think maybe her heart was still with WWE, but she needed to stay with her husband first and foremost. Well, and she's done a lot of like Comic Con, wrestling con type stuff along the way. So it's not like she hasn't been, she's not really been away from like the nerdy side of the business or the fans, obviously. Um, Which again has probably been a little bit odd because there's probably been times where it would have made sense to bring her back in some form or another, but to the point of like loyalty and stuff, it probably would have been harder or weirder to be like, you know, we're still kind of mad at your husband, but do you want to come do, you know, like WWE of any company, WWE could make that work. But I think now it's, like a thousand times more likely than it ever has been in the last decade, basically. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Anyway, so then, so the the two things on that CM Punk promo on Raw is, you know, at the very end, he's like, I'm not here to make money. Or friends, I'm here to make money. And that, that was, was a little bit of a weird, I don't know if it was a throwaway line, but it was a kind of weird, like, capping. Like, it was a weird, again, to me, that, like, uh, a little bit of foreshadowing to eventual heelish tendencies. There, yes. Because the rest of the Nash, promo was like, I'm home. Yeah. I'm happy. Everything's good. You know, kumbaya, everybody. Kumbaya. <laughs> and then, like, everyone, like, is like, yeah, yeah. And then you just, like, go back of the room and be like, I'm just here for the money. But, like, what? <laughs> but because he's not here to make friends. Right. Everyone welcomed him with open arms. A few people kissed him on the mouth, which I was like, okay, he's having fun with this. Weird. And uh, everyone was happy to see me back. Well, almost everyone. And the big, the big elephant in the room, it was brought up earlier in the night on Raw because the fans were chanting CM Punk when Seth Rollins was out there. It's also gone viral after, at the end of Survivor Series. See what, the cameras don't show CM or Seth Rollins is going nuts outside the war game structure. Let me at him and Michael yeah, he Cole. He also said a few things in like a house show, I think, yeah. over the Well, why, why should we talk about somebody who chose to be gone for the last 10 years? Why can't we talk about people who've been working their tails off during the last 10 years? And, and, and he, he's got, he's got a legitimate side. I'd say this is, this, this is a making that could still work of a heel versus or a face versus face. Good rivalry. As they both have sides that oppose each other, and they both make logical sense, and but the fans still love both of them. Well, and the other thing is, both of them face, but face with an asterisk where you go like, yeah, they've just got to say a couple things, and they're at least the bad guy for the night, Yeah, if not for a while. So, Rollins, at the end of the day, is still working this program with McIntyre. Jay Uso's involved. I think that's maybe... Either Rollins versus McIntyre, some sort of triple threat match at Royal Rumble, I think, is what we'll do for Rollins' championship. But, you know, CM Punk then went on SmackDown where he's in the middle of the show, so he has all the time in the world. So he doesn't have kind of a awkwardly short promo, but he has time to say, and then all of a sudden now he has time to bring up wrestlers by name. He talks about Roman Reigns. He talks about Seth Rollins. It was such a good promo on Friday. I'm glad... I'm glad that we waited to do this podcast till after his appearance on SmackDown. Yeah, we almost did it earlier, and that would have ruined everything. I know, but um, and and then you know he talks about 
Cody Rhodes a little bit. He takes a jab at Kevin Owens. A lot of it was going to be the SmackDown guys because he was on SmackDown and he's a free agent right now. We don't know if he's going to Raw or SmackDown. Now, when this episode airs later tonight, we will find out on Raw he promised which brand he's signing to. And he even said, I have a phone call with Shawn Michaels over the weekend. So NXT isn't out of the I picture. Mean, I would love it. I'm not saying he should sign to NXT. I would love it if he showed up on NXT. I think that would be so I think he will so at some cool. point, just for like a one-off appearance or something. But. Yeah, because I think it would be cool. I think it would be instructive for the younger guys, obviously. Um, but I also... I, I think... I think the restriction of being on one brand is useful from a certain point of view and also better because like, you know, a guy like CM Punk can have a lot more longevity if he's not wrestling three to five times a week, you know? So that's actually a good thing for them to be on a single show or whatever and working, you know, more limited dates. So he doesn't get injured and we lose on the fun of having him around at all. But I think that having some, some ability for him to pop onto an NXT or pop onto one of the other shows when it makes story sense or when it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. That, that kind of like, why have these other shows if you can't do that sometimes? Exactly. But I don't know. To me, it, it set the course. I think it's very, very apparent at WrestleMania, we're going to see Seth Rollins versus CM Punk for the the World Heavyweight Championship, and then probably Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, which they've been alluding to all this time. Both CM Punk and Cody Rhodes are in the Royal Rumble, and what I love the most about CM Punk's promo on SmackDown, he he addressed everything he could possibly address, and then he said, and this, why I'm back is what eluded me when I left. The reason I left, I'm coming back, and I'm main eventing WrestleMania, and the crowd goes nuts. So then it's like, okay, now, here's, here's the thing. Until Roman Reigns loses a championship, I will say this. That will always be the bigger world title, is Roman Reigns' title. Uh, they brought in the world heavyweight title not to, because the WWE championship was never being defended. So let's have a title on TV that's still being defended all the time. And so Rollins, in a lot of ways, is a workhorse champion. But until Roman Reigns is dethroned, his WWE Championship run. Yeah, he's is, like the super champ, so, and the other one is like the. In a way, it's kind of like the IC title versus the World Heavyweight title, or the W. You know, but then they they watered those down. Yeah. So I guess my question is now, um, who wins the Royal Rumble? I think both the the paths are set out for both Punk and ideally Cody and who they're going to face. I mean, you could have one world title, one night of WrestleMania main event, the other world, the title, the other night, but like, I don't know. It's like CM Punk. I feel like if he wants a true main event of WrestleMania spot, it's gotta be night two, but I don't see them ending a, ending a night to a whole WrestleMania event without it being the Roman reigns world title match. Now, I, I don't know if I fully am on board with you there because WrestleMania is now two nights, yep. legitimately two nights. Yes. And that they can have, which in some ways is better because like a seven hour WrestleMania gets to be a, a, a heck of a day. Um, just as someone watching, you know, pre-show the whole thing. No, I get it. But 
I think that having it two huge, two back-to-back, you know, events, being the final match on one of them, you know, it's still I, it's a main still, event spot. It's a main event. I mean, spot. that's where Stone Cold Steve um, Austin had one more main event in WrestleMania, even though it was night one. Yeah. When he wrestled Kevin so Owens. like, I think it. Uh, as long as the moment is amazing and the, it is the capstone moment match, you know, thing for that night. I don't think you have to go on last night too to do that. And I think even CM Punk would probably be on board with that. Um, I don't think him being on the mid card of either of those or the second or third to last match of either of those makes sense. No, you know, um, but yeah, I, I could see it where they do punk and Rollins, you know, the other thing I see they could do though, and this is a bit of a sidetrack, but I think you might appreciate it is there was an interview. Ah, gosh, like a couple months back or something where the rock was talking about how, he wanted to do, or they were planning on doing a mania with Roman Reigns. And they really were, you know, trying to do that. But supposedly the reason they haven't is they didn't want the rock just to come back to do like a mania thing. He wanted to supposedly have like the biggest WrestleMania moment ever, figure out a way to do a bigger match than they've ever done kind of thing uh, with his cousin. And, supposedly they didn't have any good ideas at the time or whatever. They just never, it never quite came together between him and Vince and Roman and all of that. I could see them doing an angle potentially with punk and or the rock and or Cody with Rome. You know, like if you could get some kind of like, you know, inter intergenerational, these different wrestling families, coming together and then an outsider. Like, I don't know how you book that, um, but WWE does like to do the, probably does too often the like triple threats at WrestleMania. I don't see it being a triple threat at Mania. This, I really don't. But, you know, uh, so one of my buddies, I think it was AJ O'Keefe, did mention WrestleMania 30 ended in a triple threat match. WrestleMania 20 ended in a triple threat match. This is WrestleMania 40. So may maybe, but yeah, I don't know. I think the the stories are too big, but I could be wrong. What I will say, this is a heck of a time to be watching the WWE product. Oh yeah, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. I mean, I'm I'm very interested in this. This is some of the best you know WWE has been in a while, and that not just the stuff at the top is good, but there's still guys like LA Knight, which like I kind of got tricked into thinking that maybe LA Knight was going to go over Roman um, at Crown Jewel. Oh. You know, because just the way that, like, some of their promos and stuff sure. were going. Like, I'm not saying LA Knight should be the guy. I'm just saying, like, they let him go toe-to-toe with Roman and say some stuff, like, you mm-hmm. know, actually get kind of over Roman on, you know, with the crowd and some of the, you know, lines and stuff he had. Like where he's like, from where I'm sitting, I'm the head of the table. You know, like that kind of like sure. where even Roman was kind of like, oh man, you know. <laughs> so like I think I think that there is enough uh enough amazing talent right now that they could they're gonna come up with something that I think is gonna be really good. I don't know how you, I don't know who you put, because like you could put LA Knight as the guy to win the rumble, you know? Um 
it would be a good time to make a guy like that, you know, if they wanted to have him tell that story. Um, you could have it next year, you know, like I could see LA Knight being one of the final two or three guys. Sure. Um I feel like Punk should be one of the final two or three guys. Well, most definitely. I almost in a weird way feel like Cody being Cody winning the Rumble, I, I kind of don't like that booking. Um they also could do a thing where maybe whoever wins the Rumble doesn't go after Roman, they go after Seth. And then um they put Roman with Cody or whatever. Well, there's, a different way. there's still the elimination chamber pay-per-view between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania too. That needs to make mention for sure. We are out of time. Uh but yeah. What? It's it's very exciting. I, I'm just excited to see how everything plays out. Again, I I will no disrespect. WWE has their creative staff, and for whatever reason they don't make their decision decisions based on what would Johnny Cadillac want here. They wouldn't make their decisions based on what does Brian Knapp want here. They you know want to have the shock and awe, but they want to have some good things too. One so, last thing. I want your snap opinion. Of the three returns at Survivor Series, which one are you most excited about? Oh, I mean, it's still CM Punk for me. All right, I'm going with R-Truth. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. And Orton, like I said, he's been more fun for me since he's been back than his entire career so far. So... Good time to be a wrestling fan. Great time to be a wrestling good, fan. Good stuff in the future for WWE. CM Punk is back home. Yeah. Brian, thanks for coming back on the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast. It was a fun conversation today. Absolutely. Happy to do it anytime, John. All right. This is another episode of the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast with special guest Brian Knapp. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And until next time, we will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.